Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Carry On, brought to you by Nation's Finest, where our mission for the last 50 years has been to support America's military veterans and their families with a comprehensive approach to housing, health, and employment that helps them to achieve self-sufficiency and reach their full potential. If you or a veteran you know needs help, or if you'd like to donate, please visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-468-9676. Just an additional reminder as well, if you haven't registered to participate in our four-state, 10-location, 50th anniversary cornhole tournament this Saturday, March 26th, there's still time. Go to our homepage at nationsfinest.org and click on Game of Throws, and that brings up the uh, Cornhole Tournament banner at the top of that website. Click there to find the location nearest you. I'm your host, Mark Miller, Army Veteran and Communications Director for Nation's Finest. Our guest today, Dr. Abhi Chandra, has been practicing emergency medicine for over 25 years. He trained in the specialties of emergency medicine and internal medicine. For the first half of Dr. Chandra's career, he practiced emergency medicine, taught medical students and residents, held educational seminars for national meetings, and conducted and published research at the same time that he was a medical director for some aspects of the emergency department. In the second half of his career, he focused on helping patients by working in the ER. Dr. Chandra still gives educational lectures and teaches residents, but less often now. Dr. Abhi Chandra, thank you so much for joining us here today on Carry On. Oh, gosh, I am so honored to be here, and thank you for asking me. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to do it. So we know that the COVID-19 pandemic has really changed the way we see medical care and interact with medical care. That certainly includes the emergency room. And as an emergency room doctor, can you tell us what those changes look like right now and, and also what veterans or, or really anyone for that matter can, can expect when visiting an emergency room now in, in the present day? Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, the last two years, and we just finished the two-year anniversary of, of you know COVID-19 when it was first started, has really uh, dramatically impacted uh, emergency departments and all of healthcare. Um, we had to learn on the fly, and then uh, the number of people getting sick, trying to take care of everybody, and doctors and nurses and other folks getting sick at the same time. And so it was a it was a bit of a struggle. It was a bit of a struggle. And thank goodness we're starting to see it taper down now. And so the number of folks with COVID uh, coming in is really, really slowed down. But also now that it's slowed down, other folks who've been kind of shying away from getting health care are starting to come out and and get the care that they've been looking for and needing and so now we are starting to get impacted from patients with you know heart problems uh, worries about cancer infections uh, strokes all the other things that have been uh, kind of on the back burners um, and now folks are really at a point where they're trying to get care so uh, emergency rooms are still chaotic uh, emergency rooms are still very busy and, um, uh, you know, we, we think of ourselves as a safety net for the community. Uh, we're here 24-7. We'll, we see folks 
irrespective of what kind of insurance you have. Uh, and we provide the exact same care to every patient there. Uh, so we are the safety net, but we will continue to strive to give the best care we can to every patient that walks in the door. It's just unfortunately, sometimes it takes a little bit longer for us to get to each patient uh, than we normally like. Uh, so that's what you can expect, a little bit of extra waiting. Uh, you might see a little tired faces, but everybody still is passionate about what they do and is going to give the best care they can. Very admirable and, and always good to know that that that, uh, that resource is there. And most of us hope we don't have to use it, but sometimes that they do, things do get to that point. In that vein, could you give us uh, maybe some insights or a little bit of advice in terms of when it's best to go to the emergency room or maybe sometimes the issue is enough that you should just call 911 and you know maybe we shouldn't keep this conversation to simply uh physical issues but psychiatric as well absolutely absolutely well first of all if you're having chest pain or anything that looks like stroke you want to call 911 immediately because time is you know heart time is brain and the kind of treatments that we can offer really are time dependent. For example, you hear about clot busters for stroke. They really have to be given in the first three to four hours to be given very safely. And then there's other things you can do, certain procedures um, that you can do for strokes now. But again, they're very time sensitive. So I would say if anyone is at all having symptoms that worries them about strokes, to call 911. Uh, the ambulance folks now are very tuned in to evaluating you when they get to your house. And then if you are, they're worried about having stroke, they will right away call ahead and take you to a stroke center that's expertise is in stroke and get you the best care possible. Um, and do not wait uh, for a family member or uh, a, a son or a daughter or father or mother before you call because time is so, so critical. So, um, ch so chest pains or possible stroke, not sure that's not the time to wait for an Uber. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Got it. Uh, okay. uh, because, you know, it, it is just everything and, uh, and everything is so expedited. We want to get to those folks and make a difference immediately for them. Uh, and uh, so definitely. But as you also asked, Mark, um, there is a trend in emergency departments Um little inside secret to everybody, you will notice that Friday afternoons, Sunday afternoons after church, and most of Mondays are your three busiest, busiest days of the emergency room. Ah. Uh, so if you're sick, you definitely should come in. Don't, don't let me scare you off, but also know that Friday afternoons and Sunday, Monday, you're going to see a lot of other crowds and a lot of other people there. Um, and then so that, actually, that sounds directly correlated to the work week where, okay, I made it through the work week Friday afternoon. Now let me go get care. Oh, I thought I could maybe get some extra rest over the weekend. Uh, still not feeling well. That brings me into that Sunday, Monday. I better, I better go see the doc before I can return to work. So yeah. better just to, when you start having symptoms, go, uh, go take care of it. Exactly. And then also, you know, uh, you may try to call your doctor's office for care on Friday. They're like, well, we don't have any openings, but we think you need to be seen sooner rather than later. And then you do get a hold of a doctor. You talk to him on a Monday. They're like, oh, no, we need you to come to the ER. That's not something, you know, you should be waiting for. 
and people are hearing messages from their doctor's offices saying, come to the ER as well. So it, it kind of, yeah, all, all of those scenarios start uh, playing. And then the, the times of the day that we start seeing uh, folks coming in, it's very interesting. Around 11 a.m., we'll see a, a big surge. Around 3 in the afternoon, we'll see a big surge. And around 7 in the afternoon, those are a big three time spots where we see big surges. So um, if I need to go in to be seen, I pick a Thursday morning around 10 o'clock, you're gonna get a very uh, e you know, quick, easy visit uh, there with very little wait times most days. <laughs> That's good to have that insider knowledge. So and now I, I know we uh, this is backing up a little bit, but if, if we could talk about real quick too, I, I think a lot of folks out there may not think of the emergency room as a resource when we do talk about the mental health side of things, when we talk about uh, potential psychiatric care, uh, yes or no, mental health crisis, uh, is, is the emergency room a place people can reach out or do they need to look elsewhere? No, 100%, we're here in, on your worst days, on your darkest days when you need help and you're looking for help. Um, and, and so when a person comes in who's feeling depressed, uh, who uh, is having hallucinations, who's uh, being anxious, who's just suffering with some type of mental health, uh, they will be seen, they uh, will be assessed. Um, now, each hospital and each healthcare system is a little bit different. Some places you'll actually see a mental health social worker, some places you'll see a mental health therapist, some places you'll see an actual psychiatrist, um, some places you're mainly interacting with the emergency physician who is trying to do the best they can. So it's a, it's a huge variety of structures, but each one of those is very similar. They're going to see you. They're going to see if, if, what you, if you're in an acute crisis, then we need to hold you uh, for a few days for your safety and to start maybe some treatments. Um, if there is some treatment that might be easily started that's safe to give you as a bridge until you can contact your normal doctor or your therapist, uh, that might be an option. And, um, and, and then we can kind of take it from there. Um, there's uh, some places you really need to be in a mental health facility with experts around you because things have escalated to such a point that we really need to give you intensive care and to help you get back to be able to lead your best life, your normal life as much as possible. And we all suffer with, with crises. And, um, you know, uh, one thing that really drew me to Nation's Finest is the community that really tries to help. Uh, one of the things I've noticed is that, uh, you know, when dealing with mental health, the more folks you have around you, the more folks that can relate to your situation and being around veterans, being around others who struggled with so many issues and being there to support you and to have your six there. Um, I, I think, you know, it is such an amazing organization um, that really I think we try to tap into when that is an option uh, to help somebody. And that's a great segue 
Uh, actually, to to my next question is, could you tell us a little bit more about that growing partnership that you have with Nation's Finest and, and how that helps to transition veterans from treatment for acute issues to then long-term care? Yeah, so, I, you know, once I started becoming involved with Nation's Finest, um, I, I really saw an opportunity uh, for a void that we uh, sometimes aren't aware of resources, and especially for veterans. Um, with the integrated uh, resources that Nation's Finest has and the level of social workers and therapists and other folks that are available, um, I, I started seeing an, a path where a person was safe, but they needed still help and to reaching out to Nation's Finest and connecting the patient or the veteran with Nation's Finest and seeing if we can get them involved in resources there. I also started then, you know, I'm only there one person once in a while and, and the needs are continuous and all the time, 24 seven. So I've started spreading the word to all the other doctors and therapists and social workers and nurses uh, so that they're aware of the organization and to consider um, you know, reaching out and 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 really you know letting the patient know they may not even be aware that you know that's a resource there and and if we can help them connect and maybe make a partnership it may be what they needed uh, at that time to take them to the next level of healthcare and being the best person that they can be there. Well, we really appreciate you helping to get the word out in that way to other providers and, and therefore more veterans about the resources we have available. And we appreciate really all the support that you've provided for Nation's Finest and in, in, in your cooperation and your generosity. We really appreciate that. So we just talked about a lot of these different treating physicians and and the resources they can cat, tap into with Nation's Finest. And we've talked about emergency room resources and and a lot of veterans get their health care primarily from the VA. So there's a lot of different physicians in this whole equation. So what advice would you offer to veterans to help enable their physicians to to guarantee them the continuity of care that they're looking for? How can they make sure that uh, that all these different doctors they're working with can kind of connect the dots on their, their individual issues? Now, you bring up a fantastic point. Um, you, you know, the reality is uh, I've seen veterans who have physicians at the VA because they can many times get medications and care there at, uh, that is much, much more affordable. And then they still have a, a physician uh, outside of the VA that they like to use for other issues. Or for example, they will be six months in a warm climate in one place and six months in a warm climate in another part of the country. And uh, they have physicians on both sides. So I, I highly recommend um, keeping all of your medical you know, information in both settings uh, current. And, and the ways you can do that is um, you can take pictures of your medications on your on your phones now, cell phones. Uh, we Most of us have those. And so just instead of writing down a list of medicine, you just take a picture of the bottles with everything. And that is so much easier 
to carry around. And then when you go to the other physician, you can show them the pictures, they can write down, make sure the list is up to date. Then you can also, with whichever physician or medical center you have the most information at, uh, ask them for copies. Uh, you as a patient are have 100% access to all of your medical records. So being able to access that medical record and taking copies to both sites will allow them to keep it up to date. Third thing is some of your medical centers actually have apps that you can log into and the app allows you to have real-time access to all of your medical data, your lab tests, x-ray reports, uh, other notes, and that's another way. And especially if you're going on vacations on a cruise or you're gonna go to Europe or somewhere else, um, that's a good way of keeping some records. And lastly, I would say, just ask your doctor saying, hey, you know, uh, I have another physician there. What are the key information that I need to share with them? Or can you tell me what do they need to know about me? And I'll give you an example. I had the other day a gentleman who has heart condition with congestive heart failure. And uh, he has physician in the VA and then one in, in our medical center. And uh, he had not been to our medical center in a few years. And so we did not know at what level of his congestive heart failure was mild, moderate, or severe. And he didn't not recall either because a lot of his care was at the VA and we didn't have access to it. So that definitely put a little barrier uh, in understanding because uh, depending on the severity of your heart failure, uh, certain medications are okay and other times they're not. Uh, and you have to be even something as simple as IV fluids can turn dangerous uh, to someone with severe congestive heart failure. And so uh, keeping those, that type of information current will allow us to give you the best care, keep us from having to repeat unnecessary tests because you have already had them, and keep you from getting unnecessary expenses, of course, which is always important for everybody, uh, including myself, because you know, at the end of the day, when you get a bill, um, that always gives you a big sticker shock. Save your money, save your health, and make sure that information is transferred. So to roll those up again, that's take photos of your medications. Bring your medical records with you between doctors and keep them current amongst all your physicians and utilize the apps offered by your medical service providers. And when doing all three of those things, make sure to check with your doctor for what the most pertinent information is that you need to make sure is included. Did I get that pretty much right there? 100%. You're right on. You got them all. All right. That's that's good that we can we can create those actionable lists for our audience there. So in that vein, uh, the, the last question here that our, our listening audience for this podcast primarily consists of veterans and their family members and, and caregivers. So after all that we've talked about today with medical care and, and specific care available at emergency rooms, what advice would you like to conclude with for our veterans listening today? Well, first of all, I want to thank them for their service. And what that means to me is, you know, all the sacrifices they made allowed me to strive for my American dream. And I don't think I would have been able to accomplish it without all the sacrifices and the efforts that they did. Uh, I've worked with so many veterans and I tell them that every day. Uh, I truly don't think I would be where I'm at without everything that they've done. So that's the first thing is just my gratitude to them. Secondly is, again, the emergency department is a safety net and we are always here for you. Never hesitate to come uh, seek our help. 
and uh, and we will do everything we can to help you in, in every way possible. Um, and, and, you know, our goal is uh, some folks say, well, I don't really like to go to doctors is let us help uh, give you that tune up every now and then so that you can keep, you know, running at 100% RPM and get the maximum out, out of your life and, and live your best life there. So we're here to help support you. And, and, and no matter what, if it's a mental illness, if it's medical, physical illness, uh, we are always here for you. Medical, physical, mental, the, the whole nine yards, a, a large safety net, as you put it, very well phrased. Dr. Abhi Chandra, thank you so much for joining us today and for all of your advice. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of you who joined us today. We'll be back next week discussing issues relevant to veterans and those who care about them. If you liked what you heard here today, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for joining us, and as always, carry on.